Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League, Major League Baseball. Reminder, it could be the last day of baseball season. The Nationals need two more wins. The Astros need just one. They are back in Houston. All five games so far have been won by the visiting team. Trey Turner of NC State and the rest of those Nationals hope that trend continues. College football includes this week a couple of national matchups of note. Number eight, Georgia against number six, Florida in Jacksonville. What they used to call the world's largest outdoor cocktail party and what we still like to call that. Closer to home, our friends at App State have a national TV game in Boone on Thursday night. As the Mountaineers get that national spotlight while nationally ranked number 20 in the polls, and of course, while still among the dwindling ranks of the college football unbeaten elsewhere in our backyard. There's reasons to be excited. In head-to-head -head matchups on Saturday, NC State and Wake Forest go head-to-head. -head. Devin Leary, the third starting quarterback for Dave Doran and the Wolfpack. Wake Forest, of course, has only one loss and still has a shot at one of the best seasons in school history. UVA and UNC go head-to-head -head in Chapel Hill. The winner of that one, as strange as it might sound, might be in the driver's seat for a trip to the ACC title game. Long, long, long way to go. But the Tar Heels coming off that win over the Blue Devils in mesmerizing style with a win would, in terms of conference record, have a better chance than anybody of winning the Coastal. UVA can say the same if they can go to Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels. We have a lot to discuss even beyond football and baseball. The NBA regular season is ramping up. It was odd last night to see perennial all-star guard Russell Westbrook playing against his longtime team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, for the first time. He got the win with Houston, the Rockets, the Sixers, the Nuggets, the Bucks, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Celtics, the Raptors are among those off to good starts. Russell Westbrook and James Harden and the Rockets, a preseason pick by our statewide audience among those with the best chance to win it all. So far, the chemistry is working out nicely. Long, long, long way to go for NBA fans. But isn't it a great time on the calendar as we pick over the NFL's Week 9, college football's Week 10, looking ahead? Patriots head coach Bill Belichick earlier today changed his tune on how long he would like to coach prior to just stepping into retirement. The future of the NCAA is under attack in many ways and is under discussion today in Atlanta. The NCAA's Board of Governors, they are the true decision makers for some of the biggest picture items on that agenda. The way the NCAA typically works, major rules changes are proposed in October, kind of leading into an early November deadline, and then major votes and decisions are made in the spring, usually in April, right after the men's Final Four comes to a close in college basketball country. The future of the NCAA is under debate and serious discussion in part because, as you know, California already has a law that would change the nature of college athletics. It's not in play yet, 
but it's already signed into law and would take effect a few years down the road. That's really a shot across the NCAA's bow. Most of these states and most members of Congress who want to see change in college athletics would actually rather see a proposal from the NCAA to allow athletes, for example, to take advantage of the free market and make money for their autographs or appearance fees or be a spokesman or uh, agree to be in a video game and get compensated for that. Those third-party money issues for now are against the rules. They would violate amateur principalism, principles that have been part of that amateurism principle for a long time, uh, forever, really, a decade or uh, a century, rather, for college sports, including the schools that we follow here in our backyard. I have a question of the day for you as a fan, perhaps, of college sports as we pick over the NFL, World Series, college football, and even NBA, NHL, and college basketball headlines. That time on the calendar, remember, includes one week from today. I sometimes describe us, even as a state, with the NFL in Charlotte and the NBA in Charlotte and the NHL here in Raleigh. I often describe us as the center of the college basketball universe. Now we're the center of the NASCAR universe, and sometimes we're the center of the golf universe, and yes, sometimes our pro teams matter a lot as well. We've often been the center of the college basketball universe. For anybody who has forgotten or left that on the back burner, one week from today, the college basketball regular season ramps up. And I don't mean with Cupcake City, as Dickie V might say. I mean, how about this? At Madison Square Garden, a week from today, It'll be number one Michigan State against number two Kentucky, and it'll be number three Kansas against number four Duke, led by, of course, the all-time great Mike Krzyzewski. State will host Georgia Tech in one of the first basketball games on the new ACC network. Louisville, one of the preseason favorites in the ACC, along with the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils. They play Miami a week from today, also on the new ACC network. So it is not a slow build. It is a shot out of the cannon start. That's for a little bit later, one week from today, college basketball. The Canes are home tonight against Calgary. I may see you there, since Maria is still in Prague and my daughter is coming up on college application deadlines I may not be able to get away for the evening Oliver my dog is sick can you believe he's getting in the way of me seeing another Canes home game at PNC Arena that stuff is complicated the sports world can be as well my question of the day for you that allows for your statewide participation as we look forward to Roddy Jones of ESPN former Georgia Tech star now with the ACC network we'll talk college football with Roddy in our third hour we'll talk Panthers and NFL with Joe Person of the Athletic Carolina in our second hour we already know that Kyle Allen will get another start against Tennessee Bank of America Stadium this coming Sunday in Charlotte. The Titans, like the Panthers, are a strong team defensively most weeks, but highly inconsistent offensively. That applies to the Panthers. I'm aware they gave up a 51-burger against the 49ers in San Francisco, but for their body of work through their 4-3 and three start. The Panthers have been much better defensively than offensively. It is up to Kyle Allen to change that equation, and it is up to that Panthers defense to bounce back against 4-4 four and four Tennessee. With a win, Carolina would reach the halfway point of the regular season in the wildcard mix at 5-3. and three. With a loss to the Titans this coming Sunday, you're 4-4, four and, four, and if you haven't taken a glance around the NFC lately, 
it starts to look like a predicament making a second-half playoff run. We'll get into those details with your help and with Joe Person's help in hour number two. The Kyle Allen decision has been made for this week. Cam Newton is continuing the rehab to his injured foot. Ron Rivera said yesterday, quote, we've got to make sure that Cam is really ready this time, meaning no gray area, no I'm 80%, no he says he's okay, but the trainers and doctors aren't sure, no. Wait and see until Cam is really ready to go, and then I think he will be elevated back into that starter's role. But that's a back burner issue. Here's a front burner issue in your question of the day as the NCAA Board of Governors is meeting as we speak in Atlanta, and the number one item on that agenda is the first formal discussion of name, image, likeness type issues and whether the NCAA can or should change that amateurism model and allow athletes like the California law is doing access to the free market, access to that third party money without abandoning the amateurism model entirely. You can chime in on this question of the day. One thing I've heard for 30 plus years as a sports media member here in a state that has cherished college sports for a long, long time, but remember didn't even get the NBA, the NHL, the NFL until relatively recently y'all been following the pirates and the mountaineers and the heels the devils the pack the deeks and others i mean probably handed down from your grandparents or great-grandparents generation it was the late 20th century before we got the panthers in charlotte and the the hornets in charlotte and the hurricanes in raleigh what i have heard a lot is this i'm mostly a college sports fan dg because At the pro level, it's all about the money. I sour on those NBA or NFL prima donnas. At the college level, it is more often about the name on the front of the jersey. And at the pro level, it's more often about that name on the back of the jersey. I have heard that a lot. My question to you is this. If the NCAA whether because of pressure from Congress or this California law or other states are proposing similar ones as we speak, If the NCAA takes another step toward whatever you want to call it, semi-professionalism, if an athlete is still not being paid by his university or her university, but under a revised legislative approach, all of a sudden they're allowed to show up for autograph signings and take money directly or maybe indirectly through their schools, what if they have their schools negotiate these video game deals? It is a step towards something different, and it's not a little step. The cost of attendance adjustment was a smaller step. You're not opening the free market, right? With this third-party stuff, just picture video game companies paying college athletes. Picture Billy Bob's tractors putting a college athlete on a billboard as a spokesperson. Picture the car dealership asking somebody to show up for an autograph day and then compensating him or her, the athlete, for being there and signing those autographs or being that pitch man or pitch person. If you're one of those who loves college sports and kind of dislikes pro sports because of those reasons I mentioned. It's all about the money. It's no longer about the name on the front of the jersey. It's more about the name on the back. Are you going to like college sports less if the NCAA tweaks its model to allow for this stuff? I don't know what you want to call it. They, they still wouldn't be quite professionals, right? You're not getting paid to play basketball, You're getting room and board and tuition and cost of attendance adjustment. You might even be getting Pell Grants from our federal government. That gives you the walking around money. The starving athlete is a myth 
in 2019. They have changed enough rules that that is not the reality. There is no multi-billion dollar industry next to the starving athlete. That's a myth. It's outdated. It's ridiculous. And those who bring it up don't know what they're talking about. But the athletes, while getting more than they ever have, certainly do not have access to the free market in the way these proposals are suggesting. Are you going to like Rooting for Duke State, Carolina, Wake, ECU, App State, Clemson, Virginia, Virginia Tech, whomever you follow, is it going to take the magic out of being a college sports fan for you if they take what I would call a significant step down semi-professionalism lane? That's what this proposal is. You can't call this just a tiny tweak to the model that has been in place for college sports for about a century. We've seen tweaks. Allowing this, wait, you're making money mainly because they're attracted to you because you're an athlete, but you're not really getting directly paid for playing a football game or playing a basketball game. It's like a hybrid, right? Are you going to lose your love for college sports if they take another step down that road? That's your question of the day. You can chime in. There's no right answer. It's just your opinion. The NCAA is hoping the answer is no. And you're still going to love them just as much because of the good old connection to state university, right? The kids playing for something bigger than themselves rather than just the multi-million dollar contract. But it will be a different world if Congress has its way or these states have their way, even if the NCAA is the one to draw up the proposal in the end. Big day in Atlanta for the future of the college sports model. The NFL, the World Series, college football, the NBA, the Canes back home tonight against Calgary. College basketball is almost here. We'll get into a little bit of a lot of those things. We'll welcome your phone calls on the question of the day right now. I have more thoughts about what these athletes are getting compared to what they could get if these rules are changed. Remember, the debate in front of us in Atlanta today is not about schools paying players. That is not the debate. It is not pay for play. It is third-party money. Does that bother you, or are you going to root for good old state you just the way you always did, even if they tweak these rules at the NCAA level or whether or not the federal government has to get involved and just ram new rules down their throats? Charles Hadley is in for Darren Vaught. Intern Sam of UNC is taking your calls as we speak. 1-800-849-2761. You can jump in on the World Series, the Panthers, the NFL, college football, Week 10, NFL Week 9. We are glancing forward. I have a Bill Belichick update for you on the other side. College Hoops is almost here. The Canes are home. Russell Westbrook's not wearing a Thunder jersey anymore, and the Rockets look good him with him in their uniform. 1-800-849-2761. The future of college sports with your phone calls next on The David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four ties, <laughs> not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Lines are jumping across the great state of North Carolina as we come at you in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. We're talking about the future of the NCAA today. Why? Because the NCAA Board of Governors, filled with as many decision makers as you'll find anywhere on the actual issues, 
They're meeting today in Atlanta, and the number one item on the agenda is basically their first formal discussion of what's called name image likeness, those issues and whether the NCAA can or should change its amateurism model. This is, again, not a debate, not a debate that's purely play for pay. That would be universities directly paying athletes in football, basketball, and whatever else. This is more allowing these athletes access to the free market. Somebody wants to pay you to be a spokesperson, you can take that money. Somebody wants to pay you for an autograph session, you can take that money. You still wouldn't be able to play in actual games and retain your amateurism. Remember, that's a different threshold. This is closer to an Olympics-like model where third-party money, this is, again, not universities paying players, third-party money, video game makers, car dealership folks, anybody who wants to put you on the payroll in some way, of course it's because of your high profile, and we would expect that football and men's basketball players would get met many more third-party offers than lower, lesser heralded athletes in lesser known sports. But that's what the free market is all about, right? Would it bother you as a lover of college sports if they opened this side door? Again, it's not all the way to a professionalism model, but it is a big step down semi-professionalism lane. This is not the NCAA considering these things out of the goodness of its heart. It is Congress threatening them with change if they don't do it themselves. It's California opt adopting a law that will be enacted a few years down the road or in play at that point that says, NCAA, you're not allowed to punish schools that allow this kind of third-party money. It won't get to some kind of weird state-by-state -state thing where there are different rules in every state for all these universities and college athletes. It'll either be the NCAA adopting a proposal along these lines, or it will be Congress, meaning one uniform act for all 50 states, coming down with a different version of such things. Would you like college sports less if they took this step down that road? One of the biggest objections I've heard for three decades for fans who say they love college sports, but they long ago soured on the NFL or the NBA or some other pro sport Oh, it's all about the money at that level. I love the guys who play for their universities, play for each other. It's a pure form of the sport, and that's why I watch college and I don't watch pros. I don't fit that description for the record. I won't be bothered by this change to the NCAA model whenever it comes to that, and it's coming. Change is coming. It's just a matter of what form, and it's being discussed today. Meanwhile, as we come to Davis and Mike and Daryl, you can join us at 1-800-849-2761. Must-see TV tonight. The Astros are back home, up three games to two in the seven-game World Series. Houston can win it all tonight against the Washington Nationals, but it will not be easy. Steven Strasburg of Washington will be the starting pitcher. Just doesn't get much better than this. Future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander will be the starter for the Astros. A really weird Clayton Kershaw-type twist to the Justin Verlander resume is that in his career, despite winning everything there is to win, Cy Young Award, World Series, of course, with Houston two years ago, his World Series career record, Justin Verlander, one of the greatest right-handed starting pitchers of his era, 0-5 with an ERA of almost 6. That's really weird as you look forward to what could be the final Major League Baseball game of the season. Obviously, if the Nationals win, 
they would push it to a game seven. Strasburg has been dominant in the postseason, four and zero, oh, and ERA under two. So even though Strasburg Verlander hits on all the right buttons in terms of name recognition, that body of work really favors Strasburg over the veteran Verlander, who again has been good in every other context in his career, but not not at all in the World Series context. The Nationals, by the way, really could use former NC State star Trey Turner getting on base, being disruptive. He's been in a little bit of a hitting slump after being one of the reasons that the Nationals became one of the hottest teams in all of Major League Baseball. Davis and Raleigh wants in on the question of the day. Joe Person joins us on the NFL in 35 minutes. Roddy Jones of ESPN and the ACC Network will join us third hour on a big week in college football near and afar. Davis, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Would you like college sports less if they go down this road of semi-professionalism? Uh, I sit on your side, David. I would not. Um, I would love it just the same. But my concern with it is in a broader context as it relates to recruiting and how that could impact. And we have a situation where we have the have versus the have not when it comes to possibly enticing recruits to come to a university because of the deeper pockets of uh, the boosters. Uh, so I think there would need to be some rules and regulations put into place. So I'd be interested to see what your thoughts yes, are. Yes, and stay with me for a second. By any chance, Davis, do you have either a legal background or a compliance background or anything along those lines? I do not. Okay. Uh, the reason I ask that is the first pushback, just to play the devil's advocate on your point, which I think is a great point, it would exaggerate what we already have, haves versus have-nuts in college sports, right? If you open this window to third-party money, which is what the NCAA Board of Governors is discussing right now as we speak in Atlanta, of course, the schools with bigger boosters and deeper pockets and more money, uh, of course, that's going to advantage them. The reality, and I think this is a fair pushback, is that we already have haves and have-nots, and the same people who might be lining the pockets under this new system of athletes at their school in bigger ways than at other schools, those same people, guess what they're already doing? They're paying the money to the Iron Dukes or the Rams Club or the Wolfpack Club, and they're, you know, building the Murphy Center at Carter-Finley Stadium. They're the ones building the state-of-the-art strength and conditioning room for Carolina football. They're the ones with the facilities upgrades and the bigger, brighter, shinier stadiums. A lot of that third-party money coming from boosters already gives us haves and have-nots. It just might be spent in a different way. Right now, it might be big checks to the Iron Dukes and the Wolfpack Club and the Rams Club. And under this different system, still big checks would be written. But maybe, Davis, if you were a big booster at School X, we have a, a mythical Podunk State University we like to use here at the David Glenn Show. And let's say I, le I lean on Davis and Raleigh as a Podunk State booster. i got to come up with a good name for our booster club. Uh, I lean on you for, I don't know, 100 whatever, $250,000 a year. Davis has deep pockets. Thank you, Davis, for your support of Podunk State. Maybe you're still signing a check to my booster club for $150,000 a year. 
And now you're saving the other 100000 saying, hmm, if that quarterback signs with Poduck State, I might just pay him twenty five grand to be, uh, I don't know what Davis does for a living, but to be on a billboard pitching Davis's company. And I'm going to save another twenty five grand for this safety or this uh, pass-rushing defensive end that's a five-star recruit. Or maybe you like a guy who's already on the team when the rules change, and now you're allowed to give him new, new forms of compensation. Uh, you bring up another great point, though. When this change happens, there are two massive forks in the road. You can either have it regulated, and here's what I mean. If you're the video game company or you're Davis and Raleigh who runs his own lucrative company, under a regulated version of this change being discussed, Davis would have to go either through the NCAA or the conference or the school's athletic department. You're not just dealing straight with the 18 to 22-year-old. If it's regulated, there's going to be that middleman, and usually the NCAA tends toward regulating rather than the unregulated wild, wild west. If you went wild, wild west, Davis could call the 18-year-old himself, his mom or dad, his uh, designated spokesperson, and Davis could negotiate. Yeah, I'll put you on a billboard. I want you to be a spokesman for my company, 50 grand, whatever the number is. Unregulated is simpler and what i mean by that is imagine this is why i asked you if you had a compliance or legal background imagine if it's regulated and davis wants this kid to sign with the whomever podunk state if it's regulated what a headache it would be to determine is that guy really paying a fair market value for a spokesperson on a billboard or is it really wink wink the fair market value is 10 or it's 5 grand and the other 45 grand are wink wink i need you to sign with podunk state you want to draw those lines good luck to you cuz i've got 25 years of legal experience and i can't draw those lines good luck figuring that out right if it's regulated and going through the university obviously there's a little bit less of that but it's still a totally different shift into the current model. Uh, we'd still have haves and have-nots. I don't think that's as big a change as most people think. We already have massive versions of haves and have-nots, and this would just new this new way would just make it slightly more extreme. Daryl is on the road on I-85. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Go right ahead. Yeah, I agree with all the points you made. Excellent. And I don't have a legal background, just a lover of college football. Cool. Uh, I, I love, as an old-timer, the concept of the student-athlete that's already dying. I think it will die at a more accelerated rate. I think the haves and the have-not gap will get wider. I think that there will be a slippery slope of, okay, now we've allowed this, what's next? Yeah. I think you'll introduce the concept of media markets because it rules today. The young man who might otherwise be headed to Tuscaloosa might say, wow, uh, the media market in Atlanta is much more desirable than right. Tuscaloosa. I'm headed to Atlanta. Georgia Tech's recruiting world just changed. So I think it's so complicated. There will be so many variables that have yet to even be discovered because of the slippery slope. It will basically accelerate the death of the student-athlete. And I, for one, uh, my interest is already waning a little bit with, for other reasons that are tied to the haves and have-nots. 
Let, let me ask you. Let me ask you one yeah. question. I've been on. I've been at some seminars, and here's a fascinating question that, of course, varies from person to person. There is no right answer. I'm just curious because you have outlined a point of view that is very common among college sports fans. The follow-up question you get, and I wish I could actually pay you for your answer because there are seriously, the NCAA and others have paid for the answer to this question. Were you bothered? As a college sports fan, when the schools and the NCAA went from making millions to making billions, because the question becomes, why weren't you bothered, if, if that's the case? Why weren't you bothered? Why didn't you feel this shift uh, toward liking college sports less when the, the schools and the NCAA went from making millions to billions with a B? But now some people are bothered when it can be some of the athletes enjoying the free market. It's a fascinating question, and not every fan even knows why he or she feels that way. But a whole lot more people are comfortable with the schools and the NCAA raking in cash. And all of a sudden, some of them get uncomfortable when it's the athlete that gets his, his or her bigger slice of the pie. Well, I, I would answer that by saying that the NCAA and we'll use football in particular uh, is nothing but a uh, audition platform for the NFL, and the haves and the have-nots in the recruiting battles are always geared toward five stars. And the stats prove it; they ultimately become better collegiate players. Yeah, they and ultimately do. Leave early, you know. We'll soon see it challenge for the one and done. It goes back to you know Claret at a high. It all is the haves and have not. So if you know going in that you're going to trade that scholarship uh, to go to, you know, Clemson, you're ultimately trading that opportunity for the best showcase of your talent yeah. for the NFL. So those are the rules by which you enter. And as a result of that, the colleges and the universities make a lot of money. If you look at inflation, they've always made a lot more money. And it always has been, you know. Vince Dooley signed for 400 grand back in the late 70s. Right. That was outrageous. You know, uh, Nick makes what nine million? Nine. Yep. That's that's capitalism. So I I don't have a problem with that. I just think that in the free market system, it's going to emerge and it's going to destroy the student athlete model. And I, for one, will probably not be as interested and passionate about it as I am today. Thanks uh, for. That's, that's just my opinion. Yeah, thanks for listening from the road, man. I appreciate your contribution. 1-800-849-2761. I'm going to come right back to your calls on the other side. Interesting, isn't it? Daryl clearly has con capitalism on his mind, clearly values the free market, clearly cheers those who make more money or have the right to pick that media market or that winning program and use it as a platform to get to the next level. So the free market works for the athlete in those ways, but yet he admits he would lose, in his eyes, college sports would lose more. It's already lost some, but it would lose even more of its luster if it became even more about the money. And there was this, this third-party money. Then you'd be picking whatever. To a degree, by the way, recruits already think of platforms. There's already haves and have-nots, right? It helps if you're Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, etc., and you're often in these college football playoff pictures or winning the national title recruits already see you as a have and already if they have multiple options are kind of thumbing their noses at the have nots so it's not like we live in some kind of dreamy level playing field right now 
bigger stadiums, deeper pockets, bigger budgets, all of that is entirely out of whack. If you show me one school that has a $150 million athletic department, I'll find you another school often in the same conference that might have a $50 million athletic department. So that's a three-to-one ratio. It's already an unlevel playing field. Recruits already, some, pick large markets over small, winner over loser, tradition over less tradition. Of course, Zion Williamson got something valuable in return for his one year under Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. You know, the Blue Devils got an awful lot in return as well as a university because of Zion spending his one and only college season season in Durham it is in my opinion already a fair trade for 98 to 99 percent of college athletes seriously and what they get now room board tuition cost of attendance adjustment Pell grants if you can show the need from the federal government there's a there's a special fund for emergencies you need a suit for an interview you need a computer for a class you need to fly home for a funeral all of these are already in play I would argue that 99 almost percent of college athletes have a fair trade, what they're giving versus what they're getting. But that still leaves unanswered the question, in a multi-billion dollar college sports world, even if they're already getting a lot in 99% of the cases or a fair trade, the 1% is giving their universities more than they're getting, I would argue. And why shouldn't in a multi-billion dollar industry, why should coaches have access to the free market? Why should athletic directors have access to the free market? Why should the NCAA have access to the free market in terms of negotiating all their TV deals or these conferences with their separate TV deals? See how everybody except the athlete gets access to the free market? Why shouldn't the 1%, and if you're going to give it to them, you can open the door to everybody. Gender equity and other things would legally prevent you from only giving it to the dudes in the highest profile sports. 1-800-849-2761. Ronnie, Steve, Brent, and others want in from various points across the great state of North Carolina. You can join us from Asheville, Boone, the Triad, and other places to our west. Charlotte and the Triangle and Fayetteville and Greenville and Wilmington, the latter, to our east. You can join us on the other side. The question of the day, as the NCAA debates its future this afternoon in Atlanta, and the third-party money aspect of the equation that may be rammed down their throats by Congress if they don't adopt a proposal of their own. Is it going to make you like college sports less because it's another step down semi-professional lane? Or do you not care? I'm not going to like it less just because they open these doors to third-party money. I see, the, I see the potential for corruption that many of you see, uh, but we already have an ugly underbelly to college sports these players in this multi-billion dollar industry in many cases flat out deserve access to the free market and again this is well short of the pay-for-play model where universities would essentially start treating some of some or all of their athletes as employees this is a this is more of an asterisk style middle ground gray area pay for play is not on the table not by congress not by the board of governors in atlanta today 
maybe in the court of public opinion, but that's the only place that it's really relevant. It's the third-party money that might change the face of college athletics as we know it after a much stricter definition of amateurism for the past century or so. Joe Person on the NFL in 20 minutes. Roddy Jones on college football in our third hour. More of your phone calls and these headlines of the day. The World Series, NFL Week 9, College Football Week 10. The Canes are still playing good hockey and back at home tonight against Calgary. Some old faces are visiting with the Flames. More on those stories with more of your calls next on the David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Joe Person on the NFL and the Panthers in 15 minutes. The Athletic. Roddy Jones, ACC Network, former Georgia Tech star running back and team captain, now with ESPN and the ACC Network. He'll drop by on a fun week in college football in our third hour. We have a question today involving the NCAA's ongoing debate. The Board of Governors is meeting in Atlanta as we speak, and the number one item on the agenda is really its first formal internal discussion of the name image likeness stuff. What does that mean? College athletes being allowed to take advantage of the free market where third parties, the video game maker, the guy who runs the restaurant or the car dealership, the person who somehow wants somebody to sign up for an autograph session and right now isn't allowed to pay anybody legally, but under this revision would be allowed to do so without the athlete losing its, his or her amateur status. There's a lot of data out there and a lot of polling out there that suggests a chunk of college sports fans would like college sports less if it takes more steps away from pure amateurism. Now, you might argue that right now they're not even pure amateurs. Whatever, leave that off to the side. Clearly, allowing third-party money is not quite letting the basketball player take money for playing basketball, right? That's pure professionalism. You'd still lose your amateur status if you did that. You can't play the football game as a football player and expect to still be considered an amateur under any of these proposals. But the third-party money, hey, if they've got your name and likeness in the video game, why shouldn't you get a chunk of that cash? That's good old-fashioned capitalism. Why shouldn't in a multi-billion-dollar college sports world why shouldn't all the athletes have access to that free market and that third-party money? Now, the stars in the biggest sports theoretically would get the most offers involving the most money, but if you're going to open the door, you're going to open it wide for anybody. It can be the third-string swimmer. He or she is also allowed to get those deals if they can find them somewhere. That's the discussion today in Atlanta. The question to you, are you among those who feels like you already don't like the NBA or the NFL because, as the saying goes, it's all about the money at that level. It's more about the name on the front of the or the back of the jersey rather than the front. You see more of an idealistic version of sports at the college level. If that's one of the reasons you love it most, how do you feel about this step down kind of semi-professional lane? We've had questions and answers all over the board today. Ronnie in Apex gets the next shot here on the David Glenn Show. Hey, Ronnie, what's going on? I'm good, DJ. How you doing? Man? Doing well. First time caller. Good to have you. I was, I was wondering, 
to kind of control it, and the NCA put in a clause where a first-year player could make this amount. If you stay for two years, you make more, and, and so on. So a four-year player would make more than a first-year player, kind of intended to make them stay in college a little longer. Yeah, I'll tell you what. That is a legally difficult-to-answer question, and I say that as a guy who practiced for a long time. That would probably play out in this court system. You, you all can picture what would happen. Well, why does my school get to withhold my money that way based on this or that? That sounds kind of random. Uh, if I earned the money, I earned the money. How, why does it matter how long I stay here? So let's leave that off to the side. But you do bring up another interesting issue. Uh, there are proposals where to take maybe a smaller step toward professionalism. The proposal would be that the university as like a middleman collects whatever money that you get as a spokesperson for your video game image for those autograph sessions and then holds that money in trust for you until you depart. Now, that could be departing still early for the pros. It could be departing with a diploma. It could be departing without a diploma. Would they tie carrots, you know, to the stick, you know, providing incentives that you get even more if you stay four or five years? That's like a kind of a safer legal ground. Um, without having to get deeper into the legalese. But that concept is being discussed as we speak, as the Board of Governors is in Atlanta. I don't think that it would be legally defensible to say if you leave early, you don't get any of it. I think you'd be sued and you'd lose. And the NCAA has a long history of being sued and losing. Uh, so my free legal advice to them would be don't go down that road. Make it a bonus if you stay longer but don't try taking away from anybody money that they've earned through third parties uh, just because you want more people to stay longer and more people uh, to sort of make it across the finish line. 1-800-849-2761. There will be lawyers in the room, by the way. As the NCAA Board of Governors gets together, most of them do not have legal backgrounds. And there are a lot of examples where your idea which might pass the smell test and might make you feel better about college sports and might make you feel like the athletes are being treated more fairly, but it comes with this caveat. A lot of times, really good ideas turn out to be illegal. <laughs> the NCAA once tried to create an assistant coaching position on the theory that they wanted more minorities to have more access to just a foot into the industry. And if schools were only allowed to have X number of assistant coaches, well, that's fewer opportunities. So they created what was called a restricted earnings position. So they didn't want to bust their budgets, so this extra assistant could only make so much. Well, that was like a patent violation of antitrust law. They got sued. They lost horribly. And in antitrust law, your damages are trebled. You might not need a law degree to know that that's a really bad thing if you are a defendant. Joe Person on the NFL in 10 minutes. Roddy Jones on college football later. More of your calls in between. We're glad you're a part of it on the David Glenn Show. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. The Panthers were mauled in San Francisco, but did you know today is the NFL's trade deadline? What big names are already on the move, and might those Panthers make a move? Joe Person of The Athletic Carolina to talk all things NFL next. 
Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on the radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. <laughs> You're listening to The David Glenn Show.